What's going on, everybody? This is a special one. I'm, I'm really excited for this episode of Big Thing. But before we even get into it, before I even tell you a little bit more about my special guest today, make sure you just show a little bit of class while you subscribe to the, subscribe to the channel. Notifications to so you get more of what's going on, so you get great guests like I have today. And don't forget about that Patreon. You got a SEN Live now, three episodes a month. You got the rewatches, you got the bonus episodes, so much, especially with Schmodown coming back, new season, so many great things we have coming up. All right, guys, listen. I got the legend, the man himself, Booker T, the WWE Hall of Famer, two time Hall of Famer. He is. Uh, he's just become, a, I can probably say he's become a friend. Um, and I've always been in, in awe of him as far as in general of his, the way that he's, the things he's done in the past. And, and I've told the story many times over when I, he was one of the first people scared the shit out of me when I was working there at the WWE. Um, but he's just become a, a great supporter. He's, he is not only someone who, you know, what he's done in, in wrestling, but then he's gone out and do done his own thing, whether he's broadcasting with the hall of fame show that he does. He also started reality of wrestling, which you guys Schmodown fans know very well. And I want to talk to book about that. So there's so much I want to talk to him about. And honestly, I don't even know if we're going to be able to cover everything that I want to talk to him about, but we're going to try. And he's also, he's a geek like us. He's watching daredevil right now. He's watching uh, iron fist. He's, and we'll geek out about Rocky. Cause there's so many things I want to talk about Rocky. I want to see, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess right now, which his favorite one is. I might be wrong, but I'm going to say it's Rocky three. I might be wrong. But we're going to find out in a little bit. All right, I'm going to stop talking. I got Booker T. Let's do it. It's a big thing. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the big thing. And would you please welcome to the show the man, five-time champ. He is Booker T. What up, Booker T? Boom. What's going on, kid? How are you, man? It's so great to see you. Thank you for taking your time. I know how busy you are, so to, for you to come on the show means a lot. Thank you very much. Already, already. That's what we say here in Houston, man. Already, all ready to go. You know, it's funny. As I was mentioning up top, it's amazing that we have been able to stay friends considering uh, you're such a big Astros fan and I'm such a big Yankees fan. Hey, man. Uh, <laughs> like, it's like politics. We just don't talk about it. That's 100 right. That's 100% right. But um, uh, the first thing I want to get into, to I'll be honest, I got to talk about reality wrestling, man. I'm so impressed with what you guys did over there. And and tell me about the inception of it, right? Tell me about the inception of you. You 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 leave WWE. You go on. You do your own thing. But then you go. You know, I want to work with young talent. I want to run my own shit. How does that come about? Oh man, um, back in uh, 2005 <laughs> is is when we started. Um, the wrestling school and uh, it, it all came from back when I uh, started wrestling school back in 1990. Um, it was $3,000 uh, and it was an eight week course. <laughs> and uh, You can't learn a whole lot no. in, in eight weeks, um, but uh, it got my foot in the door. I, I, I made it work. It worked out for me. Uh, didn't work out for uh, the, the majority of those guys that went to that wrestling school so I say when, when I um, had a chance to do it I said I want to give uh, young people um, a springboard a chance to actually get into the business properly um, the, the wrestling business has always been kind of like a underground you know uh, deal you know uh, how do you get in and there's no colleges or anything like that uh, so I say let me open a school uh, make it a two-year course, uh, make it affordable, almost like a, a cell phone bill so we can get as many people in as we possibly can, uh, as well as 
of course, you're going to have that talent that that goes on to the next level. But um, the, the camaraderies, the journey that these young people have, has gone on now for almost 18 years wow. has been unbelievable. I have, I've had guys that started with Reality of Wrestling and retired, <laughs> you know, so it's, pre it's pretty cool, actually, uh, to actually um, be able to fulfill someone someone else's dream. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because I'm I'm going into this whole thing, and I, you know, Brad Gilmore, obviously part of Schmodown, and you and we, you and I both have a great eye for talent when it comes to Brad Gilmore because that dude is just so ta he's so he's so talented and he's so good at what he does. But he had said something that you said because he and I were on the conversation recently because I'm going. Schmodown book, I'm going more. What I started a couple of years ago when you found it, it was, I think it was around 50% sports entertainment, 50% movie trivia. Um, and then the last two years, because of the pandemic and everything, it was about 80% sports and 20% sports entertainment. Dude, I'm going 80% sports entertainment this year and 20% um, sports. And some people, whatever. But what I told people on the phone the other day, I said, you got to understand something. This is a show and we got to enter and brad goes dude that's what booker says before every show it's a show you got yeah. it yeah yeah you gotta definitely um look at it like that otherwise you're going to it with um the expectations of you know um they, they, they believe anything you, you give them but you know you gotta make sure you're giving them shakespeare uh in order for them to go oh my god i, I, I gotta give an encore here um they want more than just uh, a little bit they want the whole kit and caboodle and that's what i try to say we got some shows coming up um around wrestlemania weekend for reality of wrestling and um we're going to be doing it with the um, a world-class pro in, in dallas and we say man we got to make this a theme what, what kind of theme can we have to actually create other than people just coming to watch wrestling okay we got the sherry martell classic um going on let's get that done to crown the first uh you know sherry martell classic winner uh as well as let's have a texas legends night um we got a guy by the name of black bart here in texas that taught me so much let's honor Black Bart. Hey, let's put Booker T perhaps back in the ring. We got to make this thing an event opposed to just guys coming out and watching wrestling matches. So I totally understand. Yeah, you want people talking, right? You want to get people excited. And because, as you know, if you, like you just mentioned, if you half ass it, they smell that shit, man. They know it right away. And it's like, if you put your passion in it and you go, I have this stuff planned out, book, for the first couple of uh, like episodes that we're doing. And I'm already thinking, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to twist them there. I'm going to move it, maneuver them there. They're not going to see that coming. And you try to, and you, you want to, and you get excited because then they'll get excited. And like you said, Booker T shows up and wrestles. You're like, Oh, did you go last night? What happened? Yeah. I missed it. Booker yeah. came in and fought and he, and he, and it's like, Oh shit. I got to tune in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the thing is you want to get them talking before, before it actually goes down. I always say, uh, you know, if Elvis came back and did in a concert at the Toyota center and no one knew it, no one will be there. But if they knew it, trust me, uh, it would be so loud every night uh, to watch the King right. come and do his thing. So I'm, I'm all about uh, promoting and giving the fans the ultimate entertainment, um, giving, them, giving them the ultimate show. Because I remember leaving those karate movies when I was a kid. And if I wasn't chopping somebody, it wasn't a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. because I watched, I, and by the way, and I watched the, the A, the A, um, I was gonna say the A A and E special that they did on you, and I and I I knew a lot about you going into it, but I didn't know everything that you, you went through. I mean, man, I and I know that I, not to. I don't want to. I want to sort of say this in, in the right way, but like I, 
I, I always had respect for you. I just had so much more after coming after that because there's my father-in-law came from a very rough background and he came from a place that, and we, we just had this conversation the other night and he came from a place that some people can go in that background. And then there's almost like an excuse of like, well, that's the path I have to go. I have to be in that path. I have to be in trouble. I have to do that because that's all I know. And that's where they go. And there's that rare individual that, can get themselves in trouble, get themselves out and spin it for the good. That's what my father-in-law did. Um, and that's certainly what, what you did. And, um, and I just, like I said, I have not only respect, but I, but coming through all that and that moment, cause you, you mentioned it inside, you know, you, 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 you went away for, for a while, you come back and it just changes your whole perspective. And do you ever, I mean, obviously I'm sure you look back on it every day and say like, okay, that's just one more step to go that way. Cause you, I mean, complete 180 from everything that when you were a younger man. You know, I've asked myself, um, why me? <laughs> Quite a few times um, in my life, you know, uh, you know, finding myself in trouble, um, you know, for the first time. Um, and then, you know, for the first time, um, you know, I mean, I mean, not just in jail, but I, but I go to prison. Um, it was a, it was one of those things like, wow, man, you know, why am I here? You know, what, what is going on here? Um, but, but I've always been able to laugh. You know, I've always been able to make light of the situation. Um, and one thing about my situation, uh, I, I did wrong. Uh, it's not something that I was in. I wasn't innocent or anything like that. And I say, man, I got to I got to atone for it. I got to figure it out um, and, and, and do better. Um, and that's why even now I still feel like I got that broom um, sweeping, you know, and cleaning up all that little dirt that I created, you know, when, when I was a kid running around. Maybe that's the reason why, you know, um, you know, I have a passion about trying to help young people and trying to give them a, a second chance, trying to make sure they don't fall into those same footsteps um, that I that I have had to walk in. You know, as well as I always say, man, you you play the hand you're dealt. Yeah. And you try to um, sometimes you got to bluff <laughs> and figure your yeah. way out. And um, and somehow, by the grace of God, um, uh, someone helped me out and um, gave me a chance and I took advantage of it and I didn't look back. No, man, you certainly did. And and watching how you got involved in wrestling and hearing you talk about reality wrestling. And I know that there's probably, I think the answer is yes and no for this particular question, but obviously I'm going to let you answer it. Whereas, is it easier now to get into wrestling, not just, not to, not like the, the big shows, but is it easier to get into wrestling today than it was when you were coming up? Oh, heck yeah. It's so yeah. much easier to get into wrestling today because, um, you know, not to not to speak uh, <laughs> ill towards you know indie promoters or anything like that, but they'll just set up tent and they'll let everybody anybody come in there and do it, no matter what it looks like. Um, and that's where a lot of young people um, find their way in this business, you know, not knowing you know which way to turn because they're doing a show here, they're doing a show right. here, they're doing a show there, and, and then at the end of the night, the promoter can can't say if they did a good job or not. They just go, you know, here, here go your paycheck. Thank you. You know what I mean? So for me, you, you come to reality of wrestling, you're going to get, you know, taught, you know, from a perspective where it's going to be some constructive criticism. Um, you might think you're good somewhere else. And then you come to reality of wrestling and realize you're not that good at all. You yeah. know, so it is an abundance of um, training um, grounds out there that perhaps shouldn't be.
And I'm sure because obviously you're you still you're still doing stuff. Hell, you were just doing stuff with the Rumble. I mean, you're 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 very involved with WWE. You're you're part of the family as they should be respecting you for everything that you you've done for them and and continue to do for them. But I'm I would assume as a wrestler, and I'm coming in and I and I pass through your parts and I go, look, man, not only is it Booker T, but he's very involved in WWE. And I'm sure with the product, like I can get their eyes on me and that's happened the wwe ha has done that so does it become because back in the day it was like the territories and before vince took took over and started taking over all the territories it was just about those territories but now with the internet and even watching that show heels they kind of like go into i don't know if did you watch any heels have you watched any of it at all well, I, I watched a little bit of it but it kind of lost me a little bit okay and, um, I, I didn't stay with it that's fair but uh but even but the fact that like it's weird how territories can like kind of work now because there are kind of there's like internet territories, you know. There's like the reality wrestling has their that has the Houston kind of internet territory, and there are these. But they work with the big promotions now to get it. Now, do you guys have an exclusive deal? Like, if AEW wanted to pick up people from you, could they? Or or no, it's exclusive with WWE. No, um, Sammy Guevara is one of my students. Oh, okay. Uh, he came out of reality wrestling. Okay. Um, uh, no, we don't have an exclusive um, deal with um, WWE or anything like that with our students. Um, you know, Roxy, um, you know, one of my yeah, students, yeah. Um, you know, uh, first ROH uh, women's champion um, right now, highly sought it by WWE as well. Um, uh, Mace, um, he's one of my students now with WWE right now. Um, you know, so no, it's, it's not exclusive. Um, what we do is, um, you know, like you say, um, we, we have television. Um, we try to um, get young people that's got that talent to take the most direct route to getting to that next level. And that's being seen on television. And I say that from experience. Yeah. Um, I never worked any indie shows or anything like that when I was coming up, you know, in, in my career. Um, but, I, but I worked on... Um, um, the, the Global Wrestling Federation television for 18 months straight. And yeah. I was on television Monday through Friday. Um, so I say, somebody's going to see me. And if I'm good enough, somebody's going to you know, make a phone call and say, how can I, you know, um, you know, use your services? So that's what happened. And I try to get, tell young people, if you're good enough, you're going to be seen on reality of wrestling television. And someone is going to call you um, going out and just working territories, um, working shows, shows that that right there. You can learn um, less. You can actually get pick up so many bad habits from actually doing that. Get yourself um, um, in a group, uh, be a part of a group um, that's, that's better than you. Um, that's teaching you the what not to do's. And trust me, you'll make it to the next level if you, you're good enough. Yeah. And so when you guys are teaching um, and there's certain things that you guys have, and I don't know if there's, if there's too much, not to give away secrets or maybe, maybe you talk about this, or maybe you don't. But so the one thing that I've always heard the other day, it was I have always have these clips because I watch, I watch so much old school wrestling that like there's there's always clips that pop up on my, the suggestion stuff. And there was this shoot interview that, that Jesse Ventura gave, which is probably all Jesse Ventura gives. Um, but but he uh, <laughs> but but he gave an interview and he was talking about how. The, what he, the way he looks at wrestling now is what he hates. He hates the shit where people come out and they cut the promos and they do the things on the stage with two people talking to each other with the microphones in the middle of the ring as, and there's writers to have a full speech. And he goes, in my day, there was no speeches and there was no that. It was Mean Gene had, a, had an interview and you, and you, and you, cut the, you told the person who you're going to go after next week and blah, 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 blah. And that's the old school mentality. It's the stuff that I like too. And when I was there with you guys, it was – Similar in the fact I remember, you know, this, these are the points that we wanted to hit. And when I, I don't know if you remember, you don't remember this. But I do when, remember. Yeah. When I, when I came in, when I, when I, when I, when I came in, dude, I, I said to, to, because my first 
event that I ever went to was you and the rock at SummerSlam. That was the first one I worked and I came in and it was okay. Brian had given the rock. This is what he needs. Booker's going to be doing this. And he's got to, so rocks comes comes in and the rock isn't following a script. He's going through here, are the points that he's going to hit with Booker. And this is what he's going to say. Yeah. And it was it seemed to with you. It was, yeah. it was like book. This is what you got to say. Like, you got, we just need to hit this angle. These are the main story points. Do you think scripts have taken away from the opportunity for the wrestlers to get to that next level? You know, um, it's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Um, it really is. Um, because, like I say, not to diss any of the um, young talent out there today. Um, some of them can, can pull it off. Um, some of them can't. Um, and that's, I think, because of, I think that the training um, that we got um, when we were coming up were different than the training that these young guys are getting today. Um, our, our training was literally on the job training, right. being out there in the war zone, bullets flying, and we're having to duck, um, make sure we duck low enough. Or are we going to get hit? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and today, um, you know, era is totally different. Um, everything is, um, you know, here it is. And this is how you do it. Yeah. Th- that right there can totally, uh, you know, make the moment not feel as real. Um, but, but there again, um, my first trip, um, that I, that I ever, uh, experienced, um, uh, uh, leaving Texas, I got on a plane and I went to Japan and then I went to Korea and then I went to the Virgin Islands and I got in WCW and then we went all over the world. I, I became a world traveler. I got a chance to see exactly, um, you know, certain, you know, monuments and landmarks. Okay. So therefore I had so much, you know, in my head that I could actually talk about. I always talk about the rock, you know, yeah. um, um, cutting a promo in, 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 in new Orleans one night. And, um, but we're in Houston the night before and, and, and the rock cut that promo in new Orleans and he hit every landmark almost coming, coming from Houston all the way. <laughs> Louisiana. And by the end of that promo, the people was going crazy. And he hadn't said anything, but he touched every one of those people uh, by by literally going, you know, exactly to the spot they came from. So it was amazing uh, being able to formulate that promo. But but he learned that over a period of time. Right. He learned that overnight. Right. And that's and that's what I mean. That's where I think sometimes it gets lost. So that's why I asked when reality wrestling, because that's one of the things that I think my personal opinion why AEW is popping right now because they have like that kind of like old school stuff and people wanted to see it and there's and look the WWE is always it's, it's like Saturday Night Live it's always going to be there man it's always going to be there and there's always going to be talent that's coming in and, and I watched a rumble with my daughter the other day and we had a really we had a we had a blast watching it. it was a lot of fun and I but there were there's something about I think right now AEW is kind of like making punk rock right and and so when you guys are teaching Stuff. Are you going over? Do you have writers or do you have, are you more so reality wrestling? Are you guys kind of going a little more old school or I should say kind of doing what AEW is doing as well? Well, I, I give bullet points um, as far as this is what we need to talk about. Yeah. Um, I try to give the um, talent that, that liberty to be able to create. Um, and these young guys these days, man, sometimes you underestimate how talented they really are and how creative they can really be. Um, two of my students, Cam Cole, Will all day, we had a show um, downtown and it was around Christmas time and they had to go out, out and cut a promo and I gave them bullet points and they took the bullet points and went 
all the way to the freaking left and just took it all the way, you know, to a point where I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And yeah. then I go, wait a minute, this is good. You know, so um, for me, um, I try to um, give them uh, enough rope to hang themselves, let them make mistakes um, so we could actually talk about those mistakes. But then again, some of those mistakes may turn out to be exactly what we needed right. and um, put that guy on a, on a track to where he realizes man, I could actually do this. I could actually, you know, take this to another level. Um, but you got to actually be able to give them that opportunity to, to actually do that. They got to be able to go out and make mistakes. They got to go out and do things wrong in order for us to actually make them better. And if we think um, we could just give them the script and they go out there and follow it every time, trust me, they're going to mess that script up every time. Dude, I agree with you so much. It's just like talking over a match. You know, you got all of these spots. Trust me, you're going to mess one of them up somewhere, and it's just going to screw, screw everything up. So it, it's no different, really. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I think that is the way to do it because I was even uh, – I had Freddie Prince Jr. on recently, and he was talking um, – and he was, he was he told a great story about how he had written something for um, – for JBL and he had written something and JBL was like, all right, let me see. Okay, fine. And Vince is like, nah, 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 change all that and, 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 and do this instead. And JBL's like, what this He's like, I, I don't know. And JBL wound up doing the one that Freddie did. And Vince was hot and Vince yeah. was really hot about it. And Freddie bit the bullet and goes, no, I told him to do it. I told him to do it. And JBL had more respect for Freddie cause he didn't throw him under the bus. But like, it was that, nah, I'm going to hit the bullet points and do that because like, it doesn't, it doesn't allow them to, to move to be fresh and and what i will also say and i said this about you recently like you know and 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 i shouldn't have been shocked because of uh, the two-time hall of famer here but like when i when i went in and we we did that show and you're so busy you're running through you're in your office and and you were kind enough to be involved in that storyline and brad's like he just wants you to go over the, the 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 moments with him and i was like okay great and i and i did it once and you go do it again go over once one more time and i went in and i was like and i said to myself i was walking out book i go I don't I like if he if he didn't hear any of it and he just did his own shit. I don't care. It's Booker T. And dude, you hit every spot. I mean, you gave your own flair, but you hit every spot that I said in that moment, and you added your own shit. And I was like, this guy's a fucking legend, man. You know, uh, that's that's really what it's about. Uh, I, we had a show in, in Vegas, okay, um, our first show in Vegas uh, a, a couple of months ago, and uh, Disco Inferno was our special guest. MC. Yes, and. Um, he had a line that he hit on the show, and I just gave him bullet points. You know, this is what I need to hit, um, whatnot. This is pretty much all you got to do tonight. And, and, and at one point, he said, um, tonight, guys, every match is going to be a five-star match. And then he would say something else, and then, it's, and then he would say, it's going to be a five-star match. Then he'll move on a little bit further, then he'll go, it's going to be a five-star match. And literally... By the second match, the fans were going five star match, five star. So it's like I was like, "Wow, what a pro! What a pro!" I couldn't have told him to actually do that, um, and it and it came off that way. That was just something that he ad libbed and uh, made work. And sometimes you gotta you gotta apologize later, you know. Uh, sometimes you say, "Man, I forgot, man, I totally forgot," and I and I went off script, you know what I mean? So yeah, sometimes yeah. you gotta literally uh, put yourself in position to fail, and sometimes you may succeed, and that may, may be that moment where they say, "Man, we gotta get this guy the ball and let him run." I mean, I think that's what you got to do a lot of times because it's like that's how you step up and that's how you make the move. I mean, shit, man, just talking talk about the Rock. Look what he did from from going from Rocky Maivia to becoming 
the biggest movie star on the planet because of using his actual personality. And the example that you just used, that was always in there. He just needed to figure out a way to make it work. All right, Booker. So I know that you're excited about it. I'm excited also. It is the moment that we've been waiting for since September, and it is finally here in honor of the big game. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. But you got to bet just $5 and you get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use that promo code BIGTHING, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. You bet just $5, and you get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That is promo code BIGTHING at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 minimum age. And location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789 in Connecticut. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York. Call 8778HOPENY or text HOPENY 467369. What I also realized inside of that um that special on AE was how obviously coming up with your brother and the stuff that you did with your brother, but I didn't realize how crucial Hogan was to your push inside of um WCW because you hear a lot of just horror stories about Hogan, about how he was just kind of pushing everybody away and anytime that someone was going to get a bump he would kind of like you know squash him and i this whole thing with jake the snake that he was supposed to do this whole thing like a bunch of different things that he was i mean there's countless but he was good to you well i i, I wouldn't say hogan and i um and my brother i would I, I wouldn't i wouldn't say we were friends or anything like that <laughs> okay um but he did put a word in for my brother and i to to get a push okay now um there's rumor that uh Hulk Hogan got paid money as well for doing that. So, uh, so, so uh, I'm, I've always given him props for um, speaking up for my brother and I. But um, there, there's rumor that uh, he made money off of merchandising uh, from Harlem Heat uh, being um, successful. So, I, so that's here, uh, not, that's here, not there. But um, I thank him for putting the word in for us. Um, the okay. person, that, the person that was instrumental um, in my brother and I. Um, uh, you know, in, our, in my career, was um, Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious oh. was the guy who put us on the map. Sid Vicious was the guy who let us, you know, live in his apartment for like three months. Sid Vicious was the guy that made sure my brother and I got raises on a regular basis. Oh, you know, I so um, uh, Sid Vicious is the guy that I give all the credit for uh, my brother and I um, getting getting in WCW and, and, and actually starting off on the right foot because uh, my brother and I, Sid Vicious, um, Big Man Vader, um, pay-per-view our, our first main event our first pay-per-view in houston texas 
city of Beidou. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that the city. Yeah, because uh, I mean, the same thing. I always remember the stuff I remember with Sid is this how how he left because he talked about like the warrior. We were, were you you were there when all that shit went down with the warrior when they brought him back in and they oh yeah oh yeah and all oh, that yeah. stuff. That was. I mean. <sighs> you look at that. I mean, I, I remember because I, I at, well, before the WWE network got taken down, I watched all that the, the being part of that war, man, the WCW and WWE and, 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 and looking at it. Did you guys did you think at one point did you guys did you think that WCW would overtake WWE while you were there? You know, I never really thought about it. I never really yeah. looked at it like that like that at all. I never really I never really cared about what was going on in the office. I really didn't. Um, I was never one of those guys who wanted to, you know, think about, hey, let's try this. Let's do this. You know, I I just never was one of those guys. And I didn't care if the company went under. Or if the company, no, no, literally, or if the company, you know, overtook WWE. You just just wanted to do your work. I was a kid from, you know, South Park. And I was making a lot of money and money that I was making checks that I had never imagined or dreamt in my, my life. Uh, so none of that stuff really ever mattered to me, to me at all. I just wanted to, uh, you know, uh, have some fun at that point in time, championships and stuff like that was the, the furthest thing from my, my mindset. Um, uh, but being the best was, um, always at the forefront, you know, so it's kind of crazy how things worked out for me. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, and I think that that's I think that that mentality probably is the reason why you you got to where you did, because when you look at a lot of the stuff that went down, there was a lot of politics and and it seemed like you stayed out of it, you know, and you just because I remember like the way I got my gig was from writing was I submitted it was right as WCW was bought by WWE and I wrote a whole storyline about an invasion thing. My personal opinion. I mean, what the hell do I know? It's Vince McMahon. He's a he's a billionaire. But I'm I but I I always thought that they should have kept WCW open as a separate company and had WWE and had and that was my storyline and the whole thing. But like you were there, you're one of the first guys that came over. That when they when they said okay, we're buying this thing over and we want you on the roster. Are you like all right? Fuck it, let's do it. Hey man, um, I had a um, a ch- choice to make. Um, stay under contract with WCW because I still had, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe close to a year on my contract. Yeah, and they offered me a fifty percent buyout, and uh, so I had to walk away from a lot of money. Um, but I was willing to do that because I didn't want to lose my momentum. Um, I felt like um, I would make that money back in no time. I believed in my talent. I believed yeah. that I, 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 I fit in uh, with what those guys were doing um, in WWE, as well as I wanted to um, test myself. So I was always um, one of those guys that were, you know, there again. Uh, I was having fun. Uh, I knew how good I was, and I knew I could work anywhere in the world at that time. And I knew I knew WWE wanted me, um, even yeah. though even before WCW ever closed out, years before, every time my contract would come up, I would get a letter, I would get a phone, got something, bird would drop, uh, you know, you know, something in my yard and say, hey, well, you know, if, you, if you're ever looking for a spot. So I was always secure, um, you know, with, you know, who I was. So when it happened, it happened. A lot of guys were really sad. And I, a lot of guys never worked again after that from a major league scale. But uh, I was, uh, I was like, man, let's go. I'm ready let's to go. Because you had the strap, right? I was a champ. I was a U.S. champ. Yeah. I was the heavyweight champ. Yeah. Um, so I was in high demand at that time, as well as, like I say, uh, it, was, it was always a lot of rumors about going to WWF at that time. You know, could guys like, you know, myself make it there? Um, of course, uh, coming from WCW, I knew they was going to 
that is going to be looking to bury everybody. And I looked at it a little bit differently than you did um, as far as the invasion angle um, and keeping the um, WCW open as a, another company. I just feel like it's so hard to um, compete against yourself. And, and at that time, it was so so many wrestlers that were like primadonnas, man. They were like, it was just like they thought they were big stars. And, and it would have been like such a hassle from a, a business uh, uh uh, uh, relationship uh, perspective, and I was like, "Man, I would have let it go just as well and raised a flag just like WWE did and let yeah. that thing go." Yeah, I mean, look, it was one of the biggest angles for sure. What what was your what was the first uh, program that you were in over there? Was it The Rock? What or? Um, uh, first I came in. Uh, I dropped Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, that uh, was the first one. Yeah, that was, that was oh, the first, wow! That was the first thing I did, um, jumped oh, the rail. Uh, drop Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then boom, uh, I, I broke three bones in his back. <laughs> right, 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 right. And then, and then they, dude, yeah, it's the first thing. And he, but he was cool about it, right? He, he could have. Well, it, it, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. Um, things didn't um, happen um, the way it's supposed to have happened. Um, but that wasn't my fault either. Um, and he was just, but, but, but I always say, man, he could have been one of those guys that went to the front office immediately and said, man, this guy, you know, he's he, he's, he's reckless. He's a, he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, we're not going to be and he easily could have uh, put that label on me but he didn't and um i, I was one of the guys who survived <laughs> yeah well, no, and i think and, and I, but i think it goes back to the fact of of what you just said and the reason no, you're not getting into it and clearly you're there to do the job and you and and there's i've never from the time i was there to afterwards any wrestler that's ever worked with you you don't like there's a lot of shoot interviews on a lot of people i don't see a lot about you you know i really i really don't <laughs> not not about not not about shit that like you know Stuff like we just mentioned with Hogan or other stuff too. You were a guy that, that you're a wrestler's wrestler, right? And that's why Stone Cold, because you guys are you guys are still buddies. You know, we, we've we've always had a lot of respect for each other. Yeah. Um, you know, Taker, you know, uh, Rock, you know, we've always had a lot of respect for each other. But it was it was a competition, but it was a proving ground um, back back then as well. I always I tell the story all the time about when I first got to WWE. And um, somebody uh, totally took my words out of context not too long ago, so let me reiterate uh, here. Um, I, I, I um, first got there, um, I, I left all my accolades back in WCW. I said, man, I'm going to come here and I'm going to prove to these guys. Like I tell my students, you got to know how to make it in a locker room before you can make it in the ring. Okay, so I say, I'm going to leave all that behind. I'm going to come and prove to these guys that I want to be one of the boys. And after a, a few months um, uh, addressing in the locker room with all the rest of the wrestlers, which, you know, 60 guys, um, Undertaker, I was walking past him one day, and he go, hey, man, why don't you come dress over here with us? And um, it's a locker room called the TV locker room. It's where all of the cameramen keep their equipment. Okay. And um, it's very few of those guys that be in there because they're running around the, the arena all day. So the, the top guys normally would go in there. And I got invited to the TV locker room. And I was like, wow, you know, I, I guess I made it. I guess, I'm, I guess I'm one of the boys now. You know, that's what I'm saying over here in the corner. But that right there uh, – it let me know, uh, man, um, I proved myself to these guys and they respected me. And um, 20 years later, still here. Still here, man. And still doing it. It's funny that you say that because I remember and I and we've we've talked about it and I've talked about it on Clara Live, but just for those people who are tuning in. So for those people who don't know, um, when I my first one of my first gigs was at when I was writing for WWE was at SummerSlam. And I don't remember where we were, but I went down. We were at we were at the hotel or at the bar. We sit down at the table and and. And so it's Arn Anderson, a few other people, and Booker sitting on the left. 
So I walk over. I'm like, I'm going to go sit down. This is open, just open chair. So I go to Booker and I go, hey, is the seat open? And Booker looks at me and goes, nah. <laughs> and I go, <laughs> and I'm like, I, and in my head, I'm like, I, I think he's just fucking with me. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and so I sit down. Remember, I'm like 23, 24 years old. And I sit down and Booker looks at me like he's in the middle of the ring on Raw. And he goes, I said no. And I just froze and Arn Anderson grabs Booker's hand and goes, Booker, that's the new boy. That's the new boy. Nah, man, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Dude, you, I, I still got a shit running down my leg because of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, man, that kid, you gotta earn your stripes. <laughs> you gotta earn your stripes. I get it. Man. I, love oh, I, I thought I thought it was the coolest shit ever. I thought I mean you gotta remember I was coming, I was a I was a fan. So I'm like, I'm coming, I'm going, book T just like just like Trump, man. Like, awesome. You were cool as hell once we once we sat down and did that. Hey, I, yeah, like you say, like you say, man, uh I don't have it, a whole lot of guys uh you know, out there with shoot interviews about me or anything like that. I don't have, yeah. I don't have too many people that say a, a whole lot of negative stuff about Booker T. Um, the ones that do say Booker T was an asshole is the ones that I told, man, you're, you're a fucking asshole. Get, you know, so that, those, 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 those are the guys um, that, that, that uh, say Booker T wasn't a nice guy. Um, I meet people, um, you know, many, many years later. And the first thing I always ask is uh was it was a nice to you and they go man you was cool man you was like the coolest yeah. dude in the world um uh, and i learned that um from my idol um here to my right um as well as over my shoulder here um now right there muhammad ali oh, actually is. and uh you know it doesn't cost you anything to be nice to people um but we're, we're human too um and sometimes i find myself um in that human mode toward just like say for instance i'm eating and someone you know Tick me off. Uh, I'm gonna let him know you, you're ticking me off here. Right. You know, so but but I'm always normally a nice guy as well as uh you know young guys. I'll, I'm always gonna jig them a little bit. You know, like yourself coming up and just taking a seat. You know, oh yeah, of course. But, but it's a memory that you uh, remember for the rest of your life. <laughs> it is. No, it absolutely was too. But I and I really. I, but that's the thing is that obviously from from everything you were accomplished you're one of you're one of the guys you're part of the team you're for me i was a freaking you know, a, a, a month and a half two months writer that nobody remembers anyway and i got i realized recently i got thrown under the bus like um for bullshit and actually not even throwing the bus a lie it was bullshit it was funny when i was there we were at some house show and i went with with uh x-pac and steven regal i drove with them and um that's a rough, that's a rough crew to be hanging out with was, <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know and i'm going and i'm like oh, hell yeah why not and so so i'm in the middle of, I'm, I'm we're driving and x-pac goes hey man you want you want to hit you want to hit this joint i go yeah why not i'm not working and he go and he's like and he goes i thought you were cool i'm like all right great so i'm smoking and i'm and i'm post at the at the house show. i don't know which referee i ran into in the back but he knew i was fucking blazed and he ratted me out to stephanie for oh, man. that was the first part of it and then he she was just like are you you know but, but she didn't care that i was because i wasn't working i wasn't on the clock and then i didn't say anything about who i was with i didn't say anything i didn't say a fucking word and so i interviewed x-pac this is two years ago when I mean when it happened, it was about 20 years ago. But when X X Pac I interviewed two years ago, and he goes, Yeah, Stephanie told me you ratted me out. I was like, What? I ratted you out. I didn't even mention I was there with you. And I was oh. like, and I was like, I was, it was it, but 
but I never, I never fit in over there. I just, from the, from it just, you know how it is. It's like, first of all, I happen to agree when I listen to Jericho, cause I've been come, I've been closer to Jericho. When you listen to the, like, I don't blame wrestlers for not wanting people to write for them and have dialogue and shit for them. And who the fuck is this kid from Los Angeles? I, I've been in this business for a while. I never took an offense to any of that shit. I knew that it was, it was fun. It was cool. But yeah, it's 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 tight, man. It's tight over there. It's like you got it. You got to crack in. You know, um, that's that's one of the that's one of the you know, like you just said, you know, you went hung out with you know Xbox uh, and uh, Rigo there for just for a second. Um, that's all it takes in this business to find yourself caught up. Talk to yeah. I talk to people about that all the time. Um, they say, you know, who you who is your buddies with? You know, who you ride down the road with, and hang out with. Um, you can count them on one hand um, over the thirty year career. Uh, people that I hung out with, you know, and I, and I always say, you know, those, 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 those little bitty things is what get you caught up in this business. You got to be ultra focused. If you want to make it to the next level in this business, you having friends is not something, um, is I, I wouldn't say having friends is not something you, you want or something that you need, but in this business, um, you got to be thinking about yourself, yeah. And at the end of the day, your family uh, and, and in making it through this war. And at the end of the day, it's like Jericho and I, we weren't great friends uh, when we came up through the game. We were competing against each other. We wanted to be the best. Now we're real cool with each other. You know what I mean? Uh, nothing but love. But um, but when you're in the, on, the, on the grind in this business, you better stay focused because there's so many distractions. I, I, I tell the story. I was in uh, Daytona Beach. Um, um, one day and I was in a hotel with, 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 with a bunch of guys and then the cocaine came out yeah. uh, and they're like, let's get this party. And I'm like, guys, I, I'll meet you guys at the bar. You know what I mean? Um, because uh, I knew that one moment could get me caught up and it could be over yeah. one, one moment. And I learned that from being in the back of that police car, um, right. um, you know, at, at a young age, one moment, literally I was facing five to 99 years in prison. Jeez. But isn't that the thing, though, book, is in the fact that, like, it's that moment where there is that stuff that you can go back in the past and you go, well, if I could have changed that one particular moment, then I wouldn't have gone to prison. I wouldn't have done that. But on, in, but the hindsight of that is, yeah, but you wouldn't have really become who you are today had that not happened. I wouldn't change one thing right. um, as far as um, that goes in my life. I, I think prison saved me, actually. Um, I, I, I met some really smart guys in prison, man, that was there. Um, and they shouldn't have been not saying that they, uh, um, was innocent or anything, but they was seemed like they was smart enough to know better. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I learned so much, um, um, that 18 months, um, that I was, I was, I was locked up. I really did. I, I learned about myself and I knew I wanted better. I knew I wasn't the kid that was going to be on the corner, you know, drinking a 40 with his buddies. And he was, you know, 40 years, 40, 50 years old, still in that same corner. I knew that, right. um, but there again, um, finding your way there is is something um, that you really gotta you know gotta have working for you. And for me, I always say when someone stick their hand out to you, you know, and you've been in that situation, opposed to thinking, yeah, I'm gonna sell out if I take that hand. You take that hand, and hopefully, uh, when someone is in that position, you can do the same for them. That's that's what I was taught. By getting by getting the name of uh, Bruce Kasarch, um, he paid for me to go to wrestling school. Uh, he helped me get my first real car, my Z28. Um, he was a guy that was that gave me a helping hand and, you know, say, man, I'm going to help you out. You know what I mean? If if you want to do this wrestling thing, I'm going to help you out. And, and 
paid that money to, for me to go. And I was like, wow, man, what a, what a dude, you know, uh, can't judge, you can't judge anybody. Um, you just got to look at life literally right in the eye and take it for what it is. I agree. I think that's, it's a matter of not judging anybody, but also not judging the things that happened in your past. Cause you never know what's how that's going to shape the future. I, I agree with you hundred percent. And, yeah. um, so a couple of questions I think that you've probably answered before, but I got to know just for, for my own fear, just a couple of quick ones. Who's, who's your favorite person you've ever been in the ring with? Like a match wise. Oh, Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. No, nothing, yeah. uh, nothing, um, top that for me. Um, I've had a lot of great matches, singles matches, but um, those matches were like, it was like real, like Spartan, you know what I mean? Like gladiator stuff. Um, everything was like, just like on the fly. It was just like as real as, 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 as intense as you could possibly um, feel it. Uh, at certain times, you know, uh, we would literally slow down the world. You could hear nothing but the crowd and, we're in the middle of the ring, just listening to the crowd and just say, hey, man, don't move, okay? Just stay right there. We got them. And, you know, it's one of those moments, you know? So those uh, those those matches, that best of seven series um, in WCW, definitely put me on the map and made me believe that I could actually do this. Yeah. So uh, what about um, what about best on – who do you think the GOAT on the mic is all time? Uh, you know – you know, people say Ric Flair, you know, and I, I like, I love Ric Flair, you know, um, but um, The Rock, there's it, it, nobody better than The Rock. Uh, I give Rock that, 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 that mantle just because, man, he was dynamic. Uh, everybody knew how good this guy was um, and everybody knew how big, you know, you know, he was going to become outside of wrestling. So um, no, nobody better than The Rock. And what about greatest, uh, greatest WrestleMania match? Oh man, um, Steamboat Savage. Ah, um, there he goes. Yes. Um, yes. And, I, and I say that because that's what made me want to uh, be a professional wrestler. That match uh, where those guys went out there and it was just, man, it was just dynamite. It was just everything was explosive. Uh, talking about guys that had like first, second, and third, and sometimes fourth, fourth gear. Man, awesome. I remember my brother and I, we first got into business. Um, we uh, was working each other in Dallas, in uh, Galveston, Texas, actually at the uh, Moody Civic Center, yeah. and um, we recreated that match. You know, and uh, I was Steamboat, my brother was Savage, and awesome. uh, it was awesome, man, uh, to try to uh, do something like that. That's what made me want to be in the business. Uh, that's my favorite match of all time, and I always and and I recently I hadn't so after I left WWE. I took a break from watching wrestling for probably like 15 years until I started getting into Schmodown because it was just, you know, it's like I, I worked there, saw how everything happened. And I kind of know it just I was just kind of put off a little bit. Then I got back into it, started watching it. But then I started to when I got the WWE Network, I started to catch up on all the stuff that I had, had missed. And people kept talking about Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker being like the greatest WrestleMania match. It's a great match. It's really a, good. It's yeah. a great match. But it ain't Steamboat and Savage. It just isn't. There was something about that match. It's so I watched that match at least two, two or three times a year. I watched that match, and I always because of the storytelling. So when when did everybody talk about even when he was in WCW? Did everybody talk to Randy about that match? Like always, is he always? Did people always talk about that match to him? I'm sure he's gotten um, a lot of questions. I know I asked him about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
was, it was a highlight yeah. uh, for me. And he was telling me, um, you know, the dynamics that went into actually being able to create that, how working on the house shows, those guys pretty much put that thing together. Um, I, I remember one match, uh, it was on TV, and, man, it was so freaking awesome. It was when uh, Macho Man came off the um, top rope with the bail on oh, the side, just throwing His larynx. He got oh, his yeah, yeah, Exactly, you know, but that match um, – if, if young people, uh, young guys in the business, young um, girls in the business, go back and watch that and, and and forget about the match for one moment. Just forget about the match for one moment and just watch the crowd mm-hmm. and try to feel for one moment. How can I try to recreate that? How can I get to that point where the crowd is acting like that when I just walk to the ring? Because it seemed like a, a heavyweight fight you know, between Ali and Frazier and, mm-hmm. and the fans were nuts about what was going on. And when Savage went down, man, I always talk about being able to feel, being able to make that emotional connection um, for a tear to actually formulate in one's eye and roll down the cheek. That's what that match created. And um, and if young people can feel that, uh, this business definitely can be special. It was so good. And I remember even when they were talking about that match on the A&E thing and the way that they cut it was so funny. When Hogan's like, no, nah, they weren't trying to steal our spotlight. And they cut the steamboat. He's like, dude, we totally trying to steal our spotlight. <laughs> and they did, man. They, I mean, it was a takeaway from Hogan and Andre the way that they did. It was so, so special. But um, all right. Last last question as far as wrestling before I move into some uh, TV and stuff. Um, who do you think right now, any promotion, is the biggest star in wrestling? Well, I I, I I try not to look at guys like um, Roman Reigns, okay? Uh, just because he's he's uh, he's set. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that you know we're gonna always put at the top as far as you know he's there. Um, but as far as uh, guys that just popping up and really making a huge difference, um, the way the business is being looked at. And they're doing it from an old school perspective, and that's MJF. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see, you don't. I'm gonna tell you right now. The reason I say that is because we're not talking about any of his matches because you don't remember any of them, right? <laughs> and that's what good wrestlers. Uh, that's what they do. Um, the intangibles. You you wonder why you are so intrigued with this guy so much more than you are with everybody else on the roster, and you really don't know what it is. Um, it's those little bitty small things that um, is being done that goes quite, you know, well over your head. You just don't see them. It's like the wind. You can feel it, but you can't touch it. And, and, and that's what a guy like MJF is bringing to the table. You think we'll ever see MJF in WWE or you think he's an AEW lifer? No, nah, man, I really like the way this kid um, is doing business um, and using the Internet. Um, just like he said, he's going to, in 2024, he's going to start a bidding war that's never been seen before. Um, that's, you know, putting my boss on notice that, hey, I'm, I'm just, I just work here. I'm just an employee. Um, this is a business um, at the end of, in, at the end of the, of the day. And I think if football players and basketball players thought one side that they would be on one team for the, their careers, they're thinking about making some money at the end of the, of the day. And I think that's what, that's what this, but this business has always been built on. It's about making money. It's, uh, I, I always hear the guys talk about going out there and having great matches. That's cool. All in all, if I had some great matches along the way in this business, that's cool. But I'm thinking about how much money I can make more than anything. Yeah, you, and especially when you had, like you said it before, it's about 
it's about you, but it's about family and it's about taking care of your family. And that's, that's the main thing. All right. Switching away from wrestling for a second. We, I, before we, before we jumped into the conversation here, I brought up to you, I said, Hey, what, so what are you watching right now? Um, you said, you said daredevil and you just finished iron fist. Did you start watching those because of any of the Marvel shows that are on now or because of Spider-Man or you just decided, Hey, I just want to, this shows I wanted to watch for a while. You know what? I, it's not even shows that I want to watch or anything like that. I just found myself um, at home trying to figure out, man, I, I, I want to watch something, but what do I want to watch? And then me and my wife, we say, let's just watch um, The Iron Fist. Um, it's Marvel. I like action. And uh, I started watching it. And uh, I was like, man, this is, you know, really intriguing. I like the story. I like the, the action is okay. Okay. Yeah. But I'm really off into the uh, the acting. Um, uh, more so than just the action, just because I got a, a show reality of wrestling. I just did a, a piece with one of my, um, one of my, my wrestlers will all day. And, um, actually, um, the theme of that piece that, that I did, it came from the Iron Fist. <laughs> so, you do that, you've done that, but you've done that throughout your career, right? Whether it was the, the, uh, the warriors or, or a lot of, a lot of things you've been such a movie fan that you've taken, you I've, I've always. Yeah. I've always tried it. King Booker, I looked at, you know, the Pope and Forrest Whitaker, you know, so I was, I've always just been trying to figure out how to create. Yeah. Uh, more so than anything. Yeah. So, but you, so Iron Fist and, and then you watched Daredevil, but have you watched The Punisher yet? No, but I am on, on the episode where um, Dare, Daredevil is um, um, feuding with The Punisher. Oh, uh, so I'm going to get to The Punisher next. You got to uh, watch so that. I'm just, trying, I'm just trying to figure out um, how can I, you know, and the, and the thing is, I, I binge watch. So I'll be through with, you know, a season in, you know, less than a week. Uh, and uh, Daredevil, they got three seasons. So I'll be with it for at least a couple more weeks. But I, I just love, um, like I say, the story, the action, um, the production of it as well as trying to figure out how I could use it yeah. um, as, as well as use it with my students, because I think uh, with wrestling, the acting has been taken so much away from um, the wrestler to actually be able to go out there and really try to enhance, try to see how, exactly how good can I get? I always knew when I was playing the King Booker role, I was thinking about Hollywood. I was thinking about a producer or a director saying, man, I got to get this guy a call. He's good. You know what I mean? So for me, uh, <laughs> to be able to use that, uh, their gear for my students to be able to enhance their knowledge of the acting with professional wrestling, uh, which is more than 50%, yeah. um, they're going to need that. Yeah, and I think that it's, it's, a, it's a smart thing to do when you're blending the the theatrical with the performance and all that. When so when you're watching, so this I had so Matt Sarah. I don't know if you if you, if you know Matt at, or, at the Terra Sarah. So Matt is Matt. Matt and I very similar to, to you and I. The Matt Matt where you and I kind of connected again through Schmodown. Matt was watching a lot of the like the movie content that I did, and then we just started to become buddies. And similar to you, he's 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 such a like big uh movie fan right and he and so what he does and he's traveling all the time for ufc or whatever he's doing and you're traveling so when you're traveling are you watching constantly watching movies and tv and and taking those notes but also just entertainment as well is that is that and because you're a big fight fan too so how do you how do you balance it out what are you watching when you're on the on the plane i'm on i'm actually on the uh switch you know oh, are you? And playing the witcher or, you know playing some golf or something yeah. like that uh yeah yeah 
I'm a big, I'm a big gamer. I've always oh, okay. been, I've always been a gamer, um, um, forever. Um, uh, but there again, uh, I'm always, uh, on the road and UFC is something that I love. Um, boxing is, uh, is something I really have a passion for. Yeah. Um, Keith Thurman, Mario Barrios coming up this Saturday night. I cannot wait for that. Um, but yeah, man, um, I'm always linked in because the show, I'm always trying to get stories. I'm always writing something. I always got my book with me, you know, my yeah. little composition notebook, writing down something because, um, it's always uh, it's something. It's always something happening, especially in the sports world. And for me, um, to be able to make the transition for, um, uh, from professional wrestling to broadcasting, um, you know, uh, you know, being able to talk about something that I really love, uh, being able to be a part of something that I never thought I would be able to be a part of, like. You know, I, I, I'm in the uh, press uh, room, press room uh, for the UFC fights, you know, talking to Dana White. You're stupid. I'm like, wait a minute. How did this happen? But I remember Frank Sinatra being at Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali uh, fight, and he was a photographer. And I always say, man, that's, that's what I want to be like. One of the most famous people in the world, Frank Sinatra, he's got a camera taking pictures, you know. So to be the regular guy for me is so freaking awesome. Yeah, who's your favorite boxer of all time? Uh, not not including Ali. Not including Ali. Not including Ali. Uh, man, uh, is everybody ranks so low? Yeah, <laughs> under him. But uh, of course, I would probably go with Vander Holyfield. Me too. Me too. Um, yeah. Holyfield. You know what? The fight that got me for Holyfield that I really—I mean, I was always a fan of Holyfield after the the with the Buster Douglas stuff and him coming up, but. It was high school. I watched him fight. I don't know if you remember this fight. I already know. I already know. Which one? Dwight Muhammad Kwawi. No. Bert, no? That, fight too. that was an amazing fight. Burt Cooper. Okay. Burt Cooper. Okay. Bert, right. Yeah, he almost lost. He should have lost that fight. He lost he that fight. He should have lost that fight. Burt Cooper actually, uh, the referee yeah. saved um, Evander Holyfield in that fight. That's how That's how much I know about boxing. Yeah, man. He landed on the ropes. He landed on the ropes, and he should have been. He should have knocked him down. But I yeah, and I was yeah, yeah. and yeah. and I remember. But the thing is, there was a couple things that Evander said in that that made me fall in love with him immediately as as a fighter. He was one of the my one of my biggest problems with boxing for a long time and still continues is that the way that the unlike the UFC where there's a ranking system you got to fight the number 2 number 3 contender we'll negotiate and do all that but that's one it's one division it's one system that's who's in that's who's in line with boxing it's like nah I'm never going to fight the number 1 contender I'm never going to do that Holyfield's like I'm fighting who is in contention that's yeah. what I'm doing I'm the champion that's what I'm going to fight and whoever it was he was supposed to fight wasn't Tyson at that point but it was somebody else dropped out of the fight at the last minute and then Burke Cooper just stepped in and for the first time in his career, he was knocked down. And yeah. Holyfield just came back and fought. And then the Riddick Bow fight in the first fight in the tenth round was still, I think, the greatest boxing round in 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 history. If you watch that boxing, if you watch that round, anybody listening, watch the tenth round of Bow versus um, Holyfield one, and it's insane. It's like something out of a Rocky movie. And um and yeah, he's so he's outside of Ali, he's my he's my favorite fighter for sure yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean just because uh his 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 true grit. I mean, he yeah. would bite down on his mouthpiece. Um he wasn't the biggest dog in the fight. Um but man his heart, man, was big yeah. as big as all of Texas and um I, I swear man, yeah, uh, Vander Holyfield actually I've um, had conversations with him uh, and he loves talking about when he was in the Olympics more than anything and uh, oh. awesome awesome fighter, yeah. I was going to ask you, so you've had a chance to, did you ever interview him or you just kind of shot the shit with him? 
No, I interviewed um, um, Evander Holyfield, um, and it was it was a great interview. Of course, I've uh, got a chance to hang out with him a little bit, you know, um, in certain um, 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 sections. But 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 to actually talk to him for me, of course, everybody want to talk about the Mike Tyson bite. Right. Um, but for me, I like taking guys like that to a place to where they really feel something. And I tell you, talking about. Uh, the Olympics and all of those guys that came up um, out of the Olympics with him, man, it had to be a, a special, special time um, in boxing for someone like him. Yeah. All right. Last thing to talk to you about before I let you go here, we, uh, as we both mentioned, both boxing fans, both major Rocky fans, right? So, and I, I made a prediction in the beginning of this, and I said Rocky Three was your favorite. Was I right? Yeah, you was right. <laughs> Um, you know, but just because I love the uh, the role of Mr. T, uh, Mr. T yeah. played a hell of a role. It's the best role I think I've ever seen Mr. T actually play. Um, he was so convincing in that role um, as well. Um, there again, just the story of it um, was was awesome as far as Mick saying, "Look, man, uh, this guy knocked you into Marrow Rock." You know what I mean? It's my job. It's my job. You know, so you, when you when you said I've been fighting setups, that's what you said, Mickey. I've been fighting setups. You know, so so for me, um, yeah. just, nah, it wasn't setups. It was good fighters. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, dude. I I watch. I can't even tell you how many times I watched it. We did a whole. My my daughter and I just started watching, like rewatching. My like this is where I said. I just I, I love my kids more than anything in the world, but I fell in love with my daughter even more when she was like, Dad, I want to watch Rocky. I was like, you sit down. You can have what you got. Any ice cream you want, what you just yeah. said, beautiful. And we yeah. watch. We, yeah, we're, we're in Rocky 5 right now. It's brutal, but we're watching it. But you know what I like? You know, the whole um, you know Rocky series, um, all of them had um, different flavor. Yeah. Uh, all the way up to the end. Um, they've, they've all had different flavors and um, a lot of people say, oh, I didn't like this one. Oh, I didn't like that one. Um, but for me, um, the, the the Rocky franchise has been one of the only franchises that has literally played out to the end to where you could go. Man, that was, that was pretty awesome. Um, uh, you're not looking at how, how good the next one was opposed to how, how bad the last one was. You're not looking at it like that. The series actually captured something uh, for everybody all the way to the end. Um, I, I think, um, and uh, and I don't think we've seen the end of it. No, are you excited for Creed Three, well, Creed 3 comes out in November or December? So, yeah. are you, is that one of the ones that you got? You'll you'll be at the theater watching. Uh, you know what? I don't know if I'll be at the theater watching it, but I definitely will be watching it immediately when it come out. Nowadays, they got this stuff where you can just sit at home and. Flip. True. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, man. If I can watch it at home in my in my office, I'd rather do that. Um, all right, book. Tell them where to where. So, if people want to see reality wrestling. Uh, and they want to check out Hall of Fame. Where, where do they go? Oh man, just go to the uh, the YouTube channel, Reality of Wrestling slash YouTube. Um, you can catch Hall of Fame on there on a, a weekly basis. Uh, you can catch all of the uh, Reality of Wrestling shows as well as you know content that we just put up on a on a on a regular as well. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Booker T Five X. Um, that's um, the, the word Five X as well as uh, you can catch me. Uh, no, no, that's 5X on Twitter. That's right. That's my bad. Uh, of course, Instagram, same thing, uh, Booker T 5X. We're just doing our thing, man. Of course, like I say, over this um, WrestleMania um, weekend, get ready um, because Reality Wrestling is going to be doing some big things. And you're going to be able to see that as well on Fight TV. 
Um, so uh, make sure you're uh, checking out your uh, your Fight TV and uh, check out the listings when Reality Wrestling Class with World Class Pro in Dallas, Texas. It's going down. Sherry Martel Classic. First, first ever, the inaugural uh, Sherry Martel Classic is going to be going down as well. So, guys, um, check me out. Um, I'm always around. All right, and I will put the links to Reality Wrestling in the link of this description so you can go and you can check that out as well. And I'll put a little iCard there also so you can just click on it, make it easier for you and go check out Book. And the biggest question of all that I didn't ask is when's Booker T coming back to the Schmodown, man? When are we going to see hey, him? Man, um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm brushing up. I'm brushing up. <laughs> all right. I got, you know, one thing about this thing, man, preparation is the only luck you're ever going to have when you're messing around with the Schmodown. So uh, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. The summer is coming. The summer of tea is coming. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the great Booker T. Make sure you check out the Reality Wrestling. And Book, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me, man. I look forward to doing it again. Oh, you got it, bro. All right, guys. So check it out. And once again, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, show a little bit of class. Will you just announce? That's all we're asking for here. Do that. Make sure you do that. Check out the Patreon. Do the whole thing. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. For Booker T, I'm Christian Harloff. See you next time.